good morning and uh, welcome to or back to Driving Theology. This is Mike and uh, I'm on my way to work in my Toyota and uh, <clears throat> yeah, trying to get all situated. Running just a little bit late this morning which is not unusual for me. We've got a bunch of workers coming to my house today to install a new hot water heater system. Uh, we're we're going to install a different system than what we've had for the last 13 years. My house was built about 13 years ago and so <clears throat> the water heater re recently went out. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have a lot of workers there today. I wish I could be there to watch them work and, and uh, experience how all that goes and everything. But unfortunately, i got to go to work. But a uh, good thing is I get to talk to you guys so uh, I really appreciate uh, those of you who do listen and uh, put up with the uh, the weird format uh, and uh, the uh, um, more, more than occasional uh, insignificant podcast that I put up uh, if, if you're one of those uh, please accept my gratitude Uh, and I'll say again, I, I, th I think even though that's the case that uh, there are a lot of weird things to this format and, and that sometimes the, the podcasts maybe weren't worth your time, uh, I'll still say that it's worth it for me, and I know that sounds selfish, but I encourage you guys to do, to do this as well. Like, you know, even if you want to do a driving theology and then send me the file, I'll put it on the thing and and we'll just we'll just go with it, you know. Uh, because I, I think I think we need more people thinking on the fly and and talking off the cuff, and that's exactly uh, what I'm doing as I drive. I, I I have to keep my mind occupied in other ways, and I think therefore the maybe. I'd like to have a psychologist or a neurologist help me out on this, but maybe the fact that I am otherwise engaged uh, in doing something, albeit a mundane uh, uh, activity such as driving and, and driving a route that I often drive, <clears throat> I wonder if that doesn't help my subconscious to open up a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. I do know that some of the best conversations I've ever had have been in a car, uh, especially on uh, trips, uh, road trips and things like that. There's always great things that happen uh, when you're side by side with a friend going go in the same direction. And I'm sure there's a metaphor there for life um, uh, that is useful, uh, but I also mean that literally, I think the the fact that we have to, you know, keep our foot and our eyes and our hands uh, and our ears uh, engaged in, in keeping us safe while at the same time uh, sometimes talking about very deep subjects, um, I think there must be benefit in that. And, and maybe that's why uh, the Apostle Paul encouraged people to work with their hands. You know, maybe there's something about uh, movement that helps thinking, you know, and, and <clears throat> I know 
some people, and maybe I'm one of them, and I think generally they're called, uh, it's a type of learning, spatial learning or, or physical learning, I'm not sure, but when you physicalize things you want to learn, for some people that helps them learn faster. And I'm definitely one of those. And whether it's singing things to remember or uh, physicalizing something with gestures, I tend to remember things better uh, if there's movement or sound involved and not just concepts. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would love to hear from somebody who knows a little bit more about that. Is there something that happens when we're moving that loosens up, for example, the, the subconscious and helps us to think deep, more deeply or, or, or come more in contact with our deepest self. Um, maybe that's what Paul was getting at. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I will say that I've had uh, benefit from this process. and. It, it is of great importance that other people benefit as well. Um, and I will say that one of the reasons I do this is uh, <clears throat> so that I know what I sound like when I'm talking about these things. Right? Because we have thoughts in the mind and sometimes they, they seem crystal clear but when it comes to articulating them for uh, general consumption, let's say, they don't always come out as clearly. In fact, they almost never come out as clearly as they seem to be rendered in the mind. Um, and so this, this gives me a catalog of my thoughts, right? A, a catalog that I can go to and listen to and, and, uh, and I can kind of trace the progression of uh, my own uh, uh, journey with theology and therefore with the divine, with Jesus. Uh, I have, uh, I guess, probably close to a hundred hours. No, it's not that much. It's probably more like uh, 60 hours um, of podcasts because most of them are only, you know, 35 32, 33 minutes, but I do have over 100 now, probably getting close to 110. <clears throat> uh, so it's at least 50 hours uh, of backlogged, uh, of, of a, uh, a 50 hour podcast library, let's say, of my random thoughts and uh, almost never say 99% of the time I haven't looked at a Bible while I'm driving or looked anything up. There was one time a couple weeks ago when I really wanted to get into the specific wording of a scripture. Um, but generally it's just me off the cuff and, and uh, I will say that it's beneficial for me and I encourage other people to try it out. Um, another side benefit, I'll just go out, why not, I'm already on this vein. Another side benefit is that uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I lost my train of thought as I was going through that intersection. Um, another benefit is that if something were to happen to me, uh, my children would have 
itinerary of of things that I think about and and uh, that that they could they could then go to and I wouldn't in other words leave them high and dry and you know I I also of course uh, trust that Jesus will uh, be looking out for their well-being and and in any case all will be rightly in for them as it will be for all of us but at the same time I, I don't know what it would be like if I suddenly lost my father he's he's still living and I'm thankful for that uh, but I know that I would want to hear his voice uh, and I would want to be able to ask him and talk to him you know what do you think about this or that or you know advice or opinions <clears throat> especially if he were to be taken while I was still very young. Uh, so yeah, it gives, it, it leaves somewhat of a uh, uh, inheritance of, of my mind, I suppose, and how it worked. Um, yeah, such as it is, uh, sometimes it doesn't work often it doesn't work. Uh, so what's been on, been going on this week with me? Well, I've kind of become very interested in Richard Rohr and I've, I've never read, I still have not yet read one of his books, any of his books. I've followed things he's said and had conversations with people about uh, his, uh, you know, things that he's said or things he believes or espouses or whatever. Uh, and I have liked him, uh, uh, videos that I've seen of him talking, for example, uh, he, he has a quality of, uh, and depth of character that seems to come through. Um, and he's definitely not my usual go-to kind of person. He is a uh, Franciscan priest and he's definitely out there theologically. Uh, now he would say he's, he's quite orthodox um, but I'd like I, I believe that, and again I, I, I'm not a Richard Rohr scholar yet so uh, but I would like to say that though he thinks he may be quite orthodox, uh, the way he wields orthodox thoughts is quite creative and progressive in a sense, and uh, that interests me. And specifically, if you followed my podcast the last couple weeks, uh, you'd realize that we've been talking about the possibility that Jesus is present in other scriptures besides the Judeo-Christian scriptures. We've been talking about that possibility. And that's something apparently that Richard Rohr has been uh, searching for himself. Uh, now, the way this came about is interesting. I, I was, uh, I've put together this website and now there's about seven people on it of people that I wanted to start a conversation with about this possibility. People that I, I thought would be interested in the subject and who could contribute. Uh, 
these seven people. Uh, and there were five just a couple days ago, and then one morning, I think it was in the waking moments, I thought of a person that would be great, and his name's Scott Van Note, and he was uh, a part of our gathering that meets at our house um, back, like, just after the, the big earthquake and tsunami in Japan in 2011, so I'd say around 2011 and 12, uh, he was meeting with us, and uh, he was a very interesting person at the time. He was not necessarily, I'm not sure he would have considered himself a Jesus follower at the time, uh, but he was quite open and he had studied Eastern religions. He, his, in fact, I think his, his bachelor's was in uh, uh, either Eastern religion or, or uh, Eastern philosophy, I, I don't remember exactly. But he, he had this kind of openness and peacefulness to him that that I really found uh, wonderful and great. And you know, we've missed him since he went back to the States. Uh, but he just popped into my mind and I hadn't really followed him too closely on Facebook, but you know, uh, some things here and there. And uh, so I decided just to, you know, shoot him a message and see if he would mind Skyping with me and, and he was glad to and it happened all very quickly and in the process I find out that he is uh, in Santa Fe just down up the road let's say from uh, Richard Rohr who's in Albuquerque New Mexico uh, and that he knows and you know rubs elbows let's say with Richard Rohr and, and his organization and I thought that was great I was like wow that's incredible you know who would have thought that um, and so he introduced me to the, to the, uh, he told me, uh, that Richard Rohr was also interested in the things that I was talking about and that he was very interested in joining my, uh, Scott was interested in joining the page. So anyway, I invited him, uh, and also, uh, Bethany Bailey, who, uh, I had invited her husband, but, uh, come to find out she has studied the exact, uh, well, I say exact or at least similar things and, and gave me a book on world religions that uh, I've uh, started to uh, browse through. Um, and so our, our, our group of five has gone to seven this week and I'm excited about the possibilities that uh, possibilities of that and, and also about uh, learning about uh, this organization that Richard Rohr uh, has started and I can't remember exactly what it's called but uh, it's got two C's in it, I think. <laughs> and the last word is center. It seems to be a kind of a college or a university of some kind um, for uh, um, theological studies, let's say. <clears throat> and through that, what I realized is that they have a, a rich course and out a daily meditation that I've signed up for. Uh, and also that they have different uh, conferences and things that I may want to um, be a part of in the future. So anyway, uh, just kind of things that have happened rather quickly and, and uh, yeah, we'll see uh, how things progress from here. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep, uh, keep and hopefully start uh, looking into the possibilities uh, of evidence that Jesus has been present in the minds and hearts and spirits of other people uh, not traditionally associated with him.
throughout history. Uh, and of course, I you know I've already gone through this. I would expect to find that now, knowing that that uh, you know, knowing what I now feel like I know or what I feel like I grasp better about Jesus, I would expect to find him everywhere, uh, in every you know tree, rock, leaf, uh, not to mention the systems that exist in the universe, the laws of physics, for example, um, as well as in every creature and every person. And I don't mean, I don't mean in a pantheistic way. I remember, I don't, I don't mean that a rock is God. That a tree is God. I think I think God created uh, through Jesus things that are not Him, and yet contain evidence of Him. Right? Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's something I'm very interested in. Uh, Richard Rohr is very much uh, into the mystical side of uh, Christianity. Um, <clears throat> I guess he would be considered a mystic. But he's also, I think, very good at um, making mysticism more accessible to to everybody, you know, to a lot of people, especially people like me not grown up in any kind of mystical uh, tradition, uh, mysticism is a, a bit difficult to grasp at my age uh, in a lot of ways, and, I, and I'm not good at it, I'm not practicing it, I'm not disciplined in it, uh, but I feel the need to be. Uh, I'm at least curious to find out what it is about, uh, what it is I might be missing, let's say.
my wife's father who lives with us has lived since his son passed away two years ago almost now almost yeah very soon actually next week I think is the taken some turns for the worst the last month I would say in his memory, his ability to walk, his ability to control his bodily functions uh, and man, the beginning of this process he just becomes uh, annoying to me I mean, I <clears throat> I struggle with wondering am I hating him, you know, is, it, is there a hatred that I have and you know, I, I don't think that's what it is, but it it worries me. I don't know if you guys have experienced that kind of uh, thing where an old person who used to be, you know, a, a father and a leader uh, and a contributing uh, human being suddenly becomes a toddler. Um, it, it's quite, it's a quite shocking experience and, and there's probably some depression in the process of uh, figuring out how to live with this person, you know, and, and just the amount of energy, uh, you know, you have to keep them from wandering off, you have, have to keep them from being in the floor, you have to keep them from, you know, breaking dishes and, and watching TV at 3 a.m. with the sound turned up so loud that, you know, it, it rattles your teeth, you know, and, uh, I'm being a, a little hyperperbolic, but... Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really difficult. <clears throat> it really takes it out of you. Uh, and my wife, of course, feels the brunt of that. Uh, but it affects us all. It's a new reality in which we live, right? A, a new, um, a whole new part of our life. That for the time being seems to have taken over more or less, and so we're we're learning to live in that reality. That's it's just really difficult, and I feel for people that that have it worse than us. That maybe have even two parents, uh, old parents in the house, or uh, or you know somebody with a parent or, or a person that they have to take care of that has even worse problems. Um, I really feel feel for them now. some of that, you know, they, first they, they're not really mobile, and so, uh, they can't quite get into as much, as much mischief, and then they, they work into the mischief, uh, but then they work out of it, right, and you have this hope constantly that they're going to grow up, they're going to, you know, they're, they're not going to continue to do the same things they're doing, uh, but with an old person, not really a time frame like we don't know how long this period of his life will last uh, but we're pretty sure it's gonna not get better but get worse in a lot of ways uh, and, and what is our responsibility in that you know, what how much are we supposed to give of ourselves in this process uh, and, and, and 
how can we at least get some measure of contentment? Uh, because right now it just it just feels horrible. You know, uh, there's not much good about it at all. You know, there's the occasional gratitude that you may get, um, but that's you know that's few and far between, and that's not something we should we should live for. You know, but. I know in a lot of ways this is the world to God. You know, God is this person who needs nothing, can do everything, uh, and yet lives with mankind who, who stumbles around uh, like an old person in the dark. We seem to have no memory. Uh, we, we, we do bad things, and, and when it seems like we can learn from our mistakes, we just do them again. You know, maybe that's what mankind is to God right now. Maybe we're just this old man and we've lost our memory. Uh, because, you know, that's why history repeats itself, obviously. Because mankind does not learn from their past. And so, <clears throat> thanks be to God, <laughs> you said religious term that he is committed to be with us to the end and to, to make it all okay in the end and in the meantime he's content to clean up our messes and, and to continue to encourage us and, and influence us to to treat each other better uh, to have greater hope to have greater love for each other um, and he never leaves us he never forsakes us right so no matter how many times we fail in all of that, he's going to be right there ready to pick us up again and, and help us to, to try to go forward, to take, take baby steps, you know. Uh, you know, he's been dealing with mankind millions of years, hundreds of thousands, thousands, whatever you believe in. Uh, in a lot of ways, I guess mankind as a whole is an old man now, you know, uh, and Jesus has been there with, with us the entire time, but who knows, are we an old man or are we still a young man, are we still a baby or are we an old person, but regardless, we seem to, we seem to not, in a lot of ways, we seem to not learn from our mistakes. At least, at least, not in a time frame that. What's the word I'm looking for? Not in a time frame frame that that pleases us, that puts us puts our thoughts to rest. Now, in the grand scheme of things, I actually do believe right now that things are getting better. That mankind is learning. Uh, that we're learning that, for example, war is not the way. Uh, hopefully we learn that nuclear war is a bad idea. <clears throat> um, there are fewer people killed in wars today, probably at least percentage-wise, than ever before. You can check on that if you'd like. Uh, disease... 
medicines, better medical treatments. Uh, the world communicates better, or at least has the ability to, to communicate better than it ever has. Uh, I'm sure that environmentally speaking, there's never been more effort to, to preserve the planet than now. Even though our, our huge population makes that difficult, right? I'm sure there are more people at least aware of the, the concept that we should take care of our planet, that if we don't, uh, things may not go well for us in the future. Uh, I think that's a that's something that, that actually exists, right? It's a, it's a thing. Um, yeah, I think the way that we treat each other, the, you know, abuses... Uh, wife abuse or child abuse that, that once would have been accepted, for example, in the Roman Empire, uh, where child prostitution was a normal thing. Um, uh, for example, today, we, we understand that that's not right. Like, it's, there's, a, there's a gut reaction in us. We've changed to what we can stomach and what we can't. Now, of course, there's some up and down with that from culture to culture and person to person, right? Uh, but generally speaking, we have lost the ability to tolerate, that's the word I was looking for before, we've lost the ability to tolerate most abuses, right? We know killing is not right, like we feel it in our gut. We know that uh, beating somebody, beating a child, beating, beating a wife, uh, we know that beating is not right. Right? We know that sexual abuse is not right. Like we, we feel that there, there's a there's something chemically that happens in our bodies when we encounter these things. And and granted, there are probably some people that don't have a big enough reaction to this. Um, but I think, generally speaking, that that has been growing throughout human history that we are becoming more and more uh, conscious to the fact that we should treat each other better, right? <clears throat> I think that's something that's happening in the world. I don't think that's a illusion, right? You can disagree with me, and, and people have, right? A lot of people say, no, things are getting worse, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't think so. Like, I think we're learning to live with each other better. And that's because I have to say that the, the, the spirit of God in us, right? The, the imago dei, the image of God, because of Jesus, I believe, is, is growing in us, is is helping us to have a bigger conscience, right? Maybe maybe there's a collective conscience even that, that we are somehow tapping in better and better to the divine conscience, the, the knowledge of, of uh, what's right, right? Um, and I don't know... Uh, at this point, I, I have a question. Uh, 
is Jesus going to come back again and in one event fix the world? Or is it possible? Alright, because you have to figure in free will again. Uh, is it possible that Jesus is partnering with us now and always has been to gradually bring about the healing of the world? Is that possible, right? I kind of hope for the, the single event, but I also believe strongly that He has always wanted us to participate in the event, right? That, that He's wanted us to partner with him in this, to bring about this reality through the kingdom of God, the kingdom. Uh, recent book out by Frank Viola called Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, I think is the subtitle, something like that. Uh, but he talks about how the, the gospel of the kingdom has been lost. We have the gospel of salvation, and we have gospel of uh, what he calls, uh, and I've talked about this before, but libertinism, uh, and also the gospel. Um, oh, I'm going to miss it now. Um, anyway, basically we have a, a, an extreme conservative, conservative gospel and an extreme uh, liberal gospel, uh, but the gospel of the kingdom uh, that, that Jesus' healing power is to be released through his body on earth uh, is, it has been lost, right? Uh, and so <clears throat> I know I've kind of gone off on a tangent, um, but you know, if if mankind and I'm gonna have to wrap this up real quick, if mankind is a collective being in some sense, and that we are <clears throat> we are. We are growing our, our conscience uh, through the influence of Jesus in the world, then that's a great thing. That's a great thing to look forward to. <clears throat> in that case, old age becomes a cautionary tale uh, in some sense to us that, you know, we need to realize that it doesn't, you know, it only is this way because uh, people are people are allowing themselves to be influenced by Jesus. Anyway, that's my hope that that's the case. And I am going to have to shut you guys off. Great talking to you. And uh, you guys have a great day. Bye-bye.